Vladam Pound Vladam Pound Vladam Pound It's top shelf Vladam Pound Fam life my friends so kick it Vladam Podcast, a soccer podcast. January 4th is a new year, 2020. Here we go. Wow, so many things to talk about. It's been a few weeks since we've gathered. Uh, we've had the holiday season. It's been a festive one, especially in the Premier League. Games coming fast and furious every which way. And um, I mean, before we start talking about soccer, let's go around the room. Of course, I'm your host, K Mello. Let's uh, go around the room with Leo first. Leo, what you been up to is good, man. Oh, dude, everything's great. Everything's great. Uh, new year, new beginnings, trying to lose a little weight. So, you know, heading to the gym hardcore, uh, running with lifting weights, the usual. And um, definitely looking forward to, you know, starting to sell some homes and making some moolah, putting some, some bucks in my pocket. I'm, I'm pretty excited for, you know, the the next year and the new possibilities that are available to me. So definitely excited. What about you, Pat? I mean, I'm pretty excited for the New Year's too. Mine kind of started off. I had quite a stressful start to my New Year's. I went out with my lady and we went to a, de- a little, nice little downtown spot. I get in my car. It's like 12:02 or 12:03, right? And I'm leaving. Town is well lit. I I had some drinks at like 10. So I was good. You know, I wasn't in any sort of bad shape. Long story short, I didn't turn my headlights on. Oh, fuck. Oh. Then I see some God. blue I see some blue headlights in, in the rear view, and I'm just like, oh, 2020 coming in fucking hot. Jesus. So I had to do the whole, uh, you know, roadside roadside uh, test or whatever. Sobriety test? They call that thing. Sobriety test, there you go. And a little uh, breathalyzer, but it all turned out well, fellas. I got good balance. Phew. Good. Got good can balance. I, can I ask you what was wow. your um yeah. d- when when you took the uh the breathing apparatus? Did it did it show a higher percentage than what was allowed? And you, like what happened? No, exactly? I actually didn't even see it. It was really funny. Okay, all right. So when the one so I did three tests: the heel to toe one, and then I had to stand on one leg and count to thirty, and then I had to follow the pen. And for some reason, dude thought he was like, you know, I'm getting mixed signals, and I was like, all right, whatever, man gets the breathalyzer and his buddy comes out and they give me the breathalyzer and then it beeps and I look at both of them and they both look at me and then they look at each other and then they both say to each other like all right okay okay cool see you later no problem I was like ooh, thanks god all right you guys have a good night I'm out high tolerance I my good my Irish, thank god for all those 40s thank god for all those 40s dude, it's my Irish blood I thank my ancestors for that one right there I was gonna say it must have been under, dude you must have just slightly they must have looked at each other like wow this guy got lucky as hell tonight let's, yeah let's, I was thinking let's... it must be like right at 0.08 like it must have been the line you know Oh, man, that's crazy. Anyway, that's hopefully crazy. here's the lucky, here's hopefully that's all the the stress I have to deal with all year that's what I'm hoping well, dude, absolutely, if, man. Well, that sucks. That could have been really bad. I got, I got it. Well, now you bring up that story, dude. I gotta bring up this one. I was in college, and I was driving my dad's Toyota, and here I am coming out of the bar. I'm, I'm not tipsy. I'm good, um, but I did have, you know, a drink two or three hours beforehand. But I was still a little worried. Um, and I'm driving sure. home, and I, again, like you. I don't have my headlights on. Oh, tragedy. He so me. stupid. He stops me. And I'm like, 
I smell my breath. I'm like, shit, my breath smells a little like alcohol. That's not good. I know I wasn't drunk. I'm good. But, you know, I'm still worried at that point in time. You know, he pulls, he pulls me over. I, I, I remain calm. I'm shaking a little bit because I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I haven't, I've never really been stopped before, especially with, you know, a little alcohol in my breath. So he pulls me over. He's like, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, officer. How about yourself? And he's like, oh, you know, doing pretty good. But uh, can I see your driver's license and proof of insurance, please? It's like, yeah, absolutely, sir. Here, let me get that for you. Do you mind if I reach into my uh, glove compartment? It's like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I reach in for it. I, I give him my driver's <laughs> license and my proof of insurance. He looks at it. He's like, all right, I'll be right back. He goes into the back of the car, dude. Right now, I'm like, oh, my God, I am so screwed. I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, I know I'm not drunk, but I don't want to go through the whole process, dude. This is just going to... This is gonna kill me if 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 you know I'm even above like you, dude. I was like straight up worried. He comes back. He's like, "Listen, try to get home safely. I actually have to get to a fight uh, down the street. So you have a wonderful evening, dude." I almost right. hit myself. It was the worst Shoot. experience of my life. But, whew, good story, though. Good story. Headlights got to turn your headlights on. Moral of the story: Never. I've never forgotten your to headlights do that. on. I know. Me too. I'll never forget ever again. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, just gotta be careful out there. Um, but uh, yes, Happy New Year to both okay, of you. My yeah, new year, me. my new yeah, yeah, my new year was all right. Uh, we I took a little tour of the North East and a little tour. Oh, well, not a little tour, tour of the tri-state area. Uh, a little bit of New York, a little bit of New Jersey, and then we hit Virginia to visit my wife's family, and then we flew. Well, flew back to Minnesota, so here I am in cold Minnesota, but it's good to be back home and uh, just, you know, ready to get started, you know, and and it's been a very eventful, very, very eventful holiday season for the oh, Premier League. It's one of my favorite times this season, one of my favorite times this season, you know, with Boxing Day and all the, the games coming in fast and furious, and a lot of players and managers don't necessarily like this time of the year with all the games, but with um, the modern technology and modern uh, exercise science and all this crazy shit out there, I mean... Honestly, there's no excuse. I mean, yes, injuries will happen. However, I just find it uh, great for tactics and for managers. And only in the Premier League can you get this. And that's why I love it so much. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I fucking hate that thing now. Yeah, well, VAR is definitely amongst a lot of the topics we're going to be speaking about today. But, I mean, let's get some of the big headlines out of the way. And I mean... I mean, Liverpool came across some uh, tough games going into the holiday season. You know, Leicester, we all thought they might uh, slip up against Leicester, and we all would have given them actually a pass if they had slipped up against Leicester. Everyone, considering. Was, everyone was so prepared to give them a pass for Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, you know, including me, I, I, I even told Leo I'm ready for a draw. You know, if I get away with this with a draw, be, I'll be very yeah. happy, but... There's so much to talk about on the Liverpool spectrum, but let's save Liverpool for a little later, and let's start with something a little different, okay? I want to start right away with the Mid-Year Fantasy Eleven. It's a Mid-Year Fantasy Eleven. Who would you, who would you put in your Eleven? It's a Mid-Year Fantasy Eleven. Who would, you, who would you put in your 11? Who? I want to start 
right off the top, the Mid-Year Fantasy 11. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mid-Year Fantasy 11. It is the award show for your top 11 players of half of this season in the mid-year. Going into the January transfer window, uh, just after the holiday season, who do you think are your best 11 players? You can use any formation you see fit to fit 11 players in your squad. And uh, I just want to know, who do you guys think's hot? Who do you think's not, you know? And uh, let's start with Patrick. What do you, what's, what's right. your formation looking like? All right, so I'm starting off, I'm playing a 4 2 three, one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, a couple wingers out there, and we'll just—I'll just get right into it in the back. Starting with, I'm going a little off the board here. I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but I think Nick Pope at Burnley Ooh, okay. is having a great season. Like he's—he's he's a type of keeper that I wonder about if you put him on one of the top six squads with a really solid team in front of him, what kind of record he would really wind up looking like. But he's got seven clean sheets, which I think is second in the league behind uh, Schmeichel. At Leicester, so that in and of itself, you know, I think he's eighth or seventh in saves or something like that. So he's my keeper. And then in the back, it's got to be Trent playing in the right. We all kind of know the year he's having. I don't think there's another right back you could say is having a better year. And then also, I I don't know if it's my Liverpool fandom, but I don't know that there's a better left back than Robbo at, you know, Robertson. You know, for me, watching play, he's got six assists, which is right up there, tops in the league. Okay. And then center backs, I have uh, Soyuncu. At uh, Leicester, because when I watched him play, I didn't realize how fast he was until until they played that four uh, four nothing game, and he was chasing down. I don't know if you guys remember, but he chased down Salah a couple times, where you thought yeah. Salah was in, but then Soyuncu came across the pitch just like a bat out of hell, and, and just you know was able to stop yeah. him. And then Virgil in the center. It's Liverpool's back four, except with Soyuncu playing the other back. And then uh, second, you know, playing. Uh, I got two holding midfielders. And one I really have been wanting to talk about, and that's Wilfred Ndidi, who I think is just an outstanding player. Every time I watch Leicester City, he's the re- he's. I think you take him off Leicester City, I don't think they're in second position. To be quite honest with you, in the league, that's just my opinion. He leads the league in tackles with eighty-five. I would love, I would just love to see him on Liverpool <laughs> one day. And I think who uh, who's also having an outstanding season, who's not going to st- show up on the stat sheets, honestly, is Jordan Henderson. Interesting, interesting. I was trying to think of another holding. I was trying to think of like another kind of deep holding midfielder. And I was kind of thinking, I need a captain of this squad too, right? I'm trying to have a little fun with it. And Hendo's like a captain's captain, the way I look a at it. man's right man. And then, yeah, playing across the, uh, the, the attacking side here, I, I have Rashford on one wing because he's got 12 goals. He's got the most shots in the league at 71. I love players that are active and just putting the ball on net. Uh, of course, Kevin De Bruyne in the center. And then uh, Sadio Mane, who's got 11 goals and six assists, which are like tops in the league in both. And then you can't go wrong with Vardy up top. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vardy is crushing it. I don't know if for, for me right now, put him up top with some midfielders like Kevin De Bruyne, Sadio Mane, and Didi and Hendo. With some of those passes, send him through. Wow. He would have plenty wow. of those. Okay, so let's let's repeat your squad, please. Okay. Can you go ahead and repeat it really quickly from bottom to top as they do? All right, so, go ahead. so we've got Nick Pope, Trent, Soyuncu, Virgil van Dyke, and Andy Robertson across the back. 
And in the midfield, there's Sadio Mane, Jordan Henderson, Wilfred Ndidi, Kevin De Bruyne, and Marcus Rashford. And up top, Jamie Vardy. I like that. I like that. With the, with the Wolf, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful team, actually. I do enjoy. Yeah, you like Kevin De Bruyne play that mm-hmm, 10 position. Yeah. Mane and Rashford out yeah. wide on the wings. And let Ndidi and Henderson do the cleaning up. Wow. Yeah, so I'm curious to see who you guys... Uh, Leo, sure. Leo, hit all him right, with all it. All right, so we've hit got a 4-3-3 going on. And your back is exactly like my back. I had talked to Caleb about this. With one exception, the goalkeeper would have to be, for me, Schumichael. I think Schumichael has been having an incredible season with Leicester. Yeah. So it's, I was between, I was between yeah, him and it's, Pope. It's a tough decision. Decided. Even Allison, I was thinking, but you know what? I said, no, no, Schumichael, I think, is definitely my man because Allison's been injured for quite some time and just recently came back into the team. So when it comes down to it, mid-season, starting from the back with the 4-3-3, I'm going to go Schumichael, goalkeeper. Two center backs are going to be Seung-Chu as well as Van Dyke. Then you've got your right and your left, which is an easy opinion, which is easy for me at this point considering how many points Caleb has gotten from fantasy uh, uh, fantasy Premier League with these two players, <laughs> Alexander Trent Arnold as well as Robertson. Trent coming in with ten assists, and I believe Robertson coming in with about six assists, which is absolutely ridiculous um, for def- for left and right back. Uh, I guess you could call them wingers at Wild. this point. It's it's absolutely outrageous. Yeah. In the midfield, I'm definitely gonna have to start with my first man, uh, Kevin De Bruyne is probably, if not the best midfielder in the world right now. I don't think anybody can contest it. The kind of passes this man makes, the ability for him to to see a pass and to actually get it on target, even from extremely long distances and in the curvature of the flight of the ball is absolutely outstanding. I mean, I cannot go into further detail about how amazing I believe this player is and can still become if he stays fit. Mother of God, I hope he stays fit. Um, next player I would definitely have to say, yeah, yeah. Next player I would have to say in my midfield would have to be um, Ndidi, as he was saying. Um, and then my other one on the right, I believe I had said it would be Fabinho. I, I like the way Fabinho and Ndidi could probably work. So I would put Kevin De Bruyne in the middle and then put Fabinho and Ndidi on either side of him to be able to play that, do that defensive work and basically just pop the ball up to him and then he'll shoot it out to the wingers. And now my front line would have to be Vardy up top and then um, Mane and Sterling on the right. Uh, I think right there is my team. So again, starting from the back, Schumichael, Van Dyke, Soyonku, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Ndidi, Fabinho, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Vardy, Mane, and Sterling. Okay, so we have a few similarities, a few similarities, a few differences. Um, You know, Vardy seems to be the the striker that, you know, you guys are liking up top. Um, We still have Mane in there. So Vardy and Mane seem to be the, the two attacking guys that you guys are definitely sticking with. Um, I mean, they're having great seasons. Yeah, no, no, no. There's, there's no, there's no two ways about that. Um, my, my squad is similar. My squad is similar, but you know, I've been, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about two positions, two positions, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go crazy and, and just uh, kind of throw out uh, 
some different names in those two positions. We're going to start from the top to the bottom this time. So uh, I want to include Vardy and Mane in my team, obviously. Um, and, and you guys had prepared formations and honestly don't have one. So I'm just going to kind of go off the cuff here. And Vardy and Mane, um, it's so interchangeable, my squad, because I also have Ingzi in there. I have Danny Ings yeah. in there. And That's I good- have Vardy, Mane, and Ings in there, and I and I and I did just toil with the with the option of putting Sterling in there, but Danny Ings is too hot, and he's not just a player who's hot for now. Like I know this guy; he's hot. You know, he's hot. He's feeling it. He's Danny Ings. He's going in. My yeah, squad. and he's the player not many people are talking about, and should be because yeah, yeah, he's sneakily doing really solid work down there in Southampton. Can we possibly discuss the beautiful goal that he he put in against Tottenham? That little mm-hmm. pop that was over nice. the head. I mean, it, nice. I think it was who, who was it? Uh, Alderweireld or was it? Um, oh, Vertonghen who got? I think Vertonghen got tripped Vertonghen? up. Oh, he got completely tripped up, and he did not know Ings was going to do that. And then he just scoops it right into the right corner. Uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, dude. Yeah. yeah that, it's and The scoop was one thing. You know, the little flick over the head is one thing. But the way he finished it with just oh, such yeah. ease, such confidence. You know, a lot of players yeah. might try, try to smash that. A lot of players might try to, you know, do something a little crazy yeah. with that. Maybe settle it down, take another touch. He just first time. And I love the I love the technique of smashing it into the ground too. You know, giving it that that skip so that it's tougher for the keeper to read. Yeah, it was classy, man. So so we got Danny Ings in there, and then um, obviously first and second name on my team sheet is Henderson and De Bruyne. Um, I like that. And and. We'll talk about Henderson later. Oh, I was going to say, Henderson you both now. have I mean, Henderson clock. on your team. I, I'm said, a little curious to know why. He says it in an interview. He says it in an interview. Klopp says it in an interview. And he says, any and, and I quote and roughly, and, and I can't quote him exactly, but he says, um, anyone who doesn't see the 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 value and the, uh, this basically just the, what, the man that is Jordan Henderson, who whoever doesn't see that by now, I can't help them. I cannot help them. And and I and I agree with him. I agree with yep. him. I cannot help you. I cannot help you if you keep doubting Jordan Henderson. I I cannot help you. I, I, I refuse to spend season after season defending this guy. I'm not I'm no longer doing it, Patrick. Good. I'm Take no longer stand, doing okay. it. No, be, no, I'm taking a stand because Every season, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm defending him. I'm like, well, if you look at the stats and if you do this and if you do – no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just going to stay quiet and let him speak for himself because he's clearly one of the best midfielders. First of all, the best midfielder England has right now and one of the best box-to-box midfielders. No, sorry, the best box-to-box midfielder. Oh, Conte? Okay? Excuse me? And De Bruyne is not a box-to-box midfielder. Are you, are you midfielder. serious right now? <laughs> Yeah, he's better than Conte. He's better than Conte right now. He's better than Conte. Because Conte, no, Conte, Conte, Conte had a great three-season spell where he was the best player in the world, no doubt. But right now, Conte is not being used in the right way or he's whatever a, he, it is. He's, right now, Conte's not season. Winning, he's actually being transformed by um, Lampard into a different style box-to-box midfielder. He actually puts goals in now. But but listen, but, but, okay. but no, okay. no, listen. That's what, your what I'm trying to argue here is but, but, is you guys but, have put both of 
Henderson into your teams for the top 11 from midseason. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Henderson for, for top? Mm-hmm. Really? Absolutely. So, so you've got, the, you've got players like Madison. Yeah, he is, he is a mainstay. He is a mainstay. He is a mainstay in the Liverpool uh, squad. He's probably got one, some, one of the most capped, one of the most capped players in the squad for the Premier League. Captain. And not only that, he is doing work. He's doing yeah. everything. He's doing. He's he's played every position this me, season. Yep, and in for the me, the, one of the reasons so, it's not even statistical at all. Obviously, why he's in he's in the side for me. It's I I. I don't have him in my fantasy yeah, squad, yeah, so it's clearly exactly none. exactly. He's he's somebody that like if you're putting a squad together, you need somebody that's gonna cover ground the way that he does, the way that he can drop back because he's so flexible. He, he drops back into like alongside a. Gomez and uh, Virgil a bunch, especially when they have the ball in possession, when Robertson and uh, Trent are pressing up on the sides, you know. And he's taken a lot of the duty of distributing the ball from the center of the park to either left or right, depending on, you know, what he's seeing. And he plays excellent balls over the top as well to Mane and uh, and Salah. And, he, and so I want somebody like that in the midfield that's going to do hard work, which he clearly does, especially if you watch. It reminds me of someone. It reminds me of someone. Reminds me of an old oh, yeah. captain I used to have. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I'm not. The initials were SG, but I'm just gonna leave it there. I've said that. So I've said say. that. He was like so, a to, to. And there's a reason why this kid has kept the, the armband and will keep the armband going forward. But anyway, I'm not, he keeps the armband on so, a great so, team. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're going top down on my team, and I'm sorry. Uh, I just had we just had to get that out of the way with Henderson because I, I love the kid. I love the kid. Um, no, I understand. I guess I was going on more statistics. I guess when you're when you're talking about work off the ball, I, yeah. yes, I can completely understand um, the fact that you need a player who's that versatile and is able to, you know, really put in a, a shift like Milner used to do. I, I mean, Milner's getting old at this point, and even yeah. at his age, he can still Leo, put in a Leo, shift. Leo, but I'm gonna yeah, put yeah, one it. moment in your head. Uh, last game, Henderson had the most passes in the mo- in the game with the most passes, right? And um, Lalana comes on, right? And uh, Lalana's trying to, like, you know, drop deep. You know, Lalana just got on for, like, a few seconds, maybe. But he, he comes on. He tries to drop deep. Henderson just, like, looks at him. He's like, he just, like, punches his finger, like, does a little flick. And, like, he just, he's able to just tell even veteran Premier League players what to do. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he makes me so proud. Oh, I love this guy so much. Anyway, uh, Fabinho. He's a leader. Oh, because he's, he's a leader. So Fabinho makes my squad. I know he has he's been injured, but if I'm I'm a coach's uh guy and and um, I just the the way he was playing before he got injured, he was um one of the the mm-hmm. best uh mm-hmm. center defensive midfielders I've seen in a while. And uh if he, honestly, mm-hmm. indeed he's not he's he's an honorable mention for me right now because he gets uh he's right there behind him. But then my back line is Pretty much similar to y'all, but except for Soyonchu, I I picked um, Johnny Evans, and I t- I spoke to Leo about this, uh, and Leo questioned like, why would you have two generals in the back? Why would you have two guys who like to talk in the back? And I'm like, well, they can decide uh, amongst them who wants to talk the most, but when it comes down to it, both of them 
have the athleticism to catch up and do what they have to do. So I just love the fact that we're talking like old school Manchester United type uh, back line with um, the Manja Vidic and Rio Ferdinand, like two just center backs who would basically hold the team on their shoulders no matter where they were if they were separate. But now they're together and it's like, wow. So that's me. Wait, but you do, but you do, you do, you know, it's funny about Johnny Evans. This is the only problem I have with Johnny Evans is yes. Now he's a great center back, but I'm sorry. When he used to play for Sir Alex Ferguson, dude, every time that Johnny Evans came on as a substitute, he would make a mistake that would lead to a goal. Do you guys not remember those times? Every single, every single time I saw this man play, he would make you. It would it would basically be like Otamendi, and I'd be like, "What are, what are you doing, dude?" It was crazy. Yeah, well, it was crazy. But every time I saw Johnny Evans play, and he came in as a substitute, he would always make a mistake, and I would literally sit there and be like, "Oh, Johnny Evans is on. Watch something happen." And boom, a goal would go in the back of the net from the opponents. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I, and don't get me wrong. Now Johnny Evans is definitely a mainstay. He's a fantastic center back. He's done very well for himself at Leicester. I just. When it comes down to it, I think Soyuncu is is definitely more athletic and has the speed necessary to catch up to players like Saleh or Mana if necessary. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah, just... yeah, yeah, I agree. But you know, I'm just I guess I just think of it as a, a defensive like backline organization type of thing. But um, and then my goalkeeper comes uh I hear, I hear. comes in Henderson just from a statistics point of view. Henderson from uh. Sure. You know, Sheffield's been playing, uh, you know, exceptional. It's a mid-year fantasy 11. Who would you, who would you put in your 11? It's a mid-year fantasy 11. Who would you, who would you put in your 11? Who? So that's my squad right there. You know, I guess the only difference is there are Ingsy. And uh, Evans and and Henderson, but that's that you know that was a little fun. You know, so I was good to, to hear. And uh, I think for the next the next one, I think uh, Pat wants to do a little terrible, the terrible eleven or the the, the, the oh that's the gonna be so the, much fun. That's gonna be so much fun. The guys who just suck, you know, right? <laughs> who are just sucking it up? The the eleven worst players halfway through the year, or I guess whenever we record yeah. this next one. Okay, Go ahead. I, yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm automatically oh, going to start with Otamendi. I'm just going to flat out. Let's talk about Otamendi because um, I want to talk. Ser- let's talk seriously about this guy because I you know I I play his position and I and I I'm not I'm not an expert by any means necessary, but I, I love to talk about this particular game and I talk about this game in the game that might ruin him. <laughs> that might have ruined his career. I think it might. I think he and Pep Guardiola might have come into a. An agreement that after that game, he's just not the Premier so League just, player that he used to be. And what, and what game am I talking about, Leo? Mm. Oh, bro, I the don't Wolves think, I game. Even, the Wolves, Wolves game. Wolves. It was the Mother Wolves God. game, guys. And uh, if you know anything about, I have never seen a defender do that in my entire life. I've has, never seen a defender do that ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat, I mean, I don't know if you I did, saw bro. that game, but he did everything. Yeah, I mean, he did everything wrong that a center back could have done. Yeah, he's except for except except for clear crosses, uh, organize his line well. That's about all he did. Um, 
yeah, uh, everything else was, was shambles. <laughs> and Garcia's been starting in his position ever since. And that's not a coincidence because I think he, Pep Guardiola, and everyone in the footballing world saw what we saw, and that was really bad. And I think, and, and I think he maybe needs a few games rest, maybe a niggling injury, but he knows. He knows in his hearts of hearts that he's not ready for this league yeah, anymore. Like, that's it. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I just had a vision of like yeah, Pep waiting in the locker room. Otamendi walks in. He's like, all right. he like just looks at him, and Otamendi just looks back and nods his head. Like, they don't even need to to, to discuss anything. Like, they both were just like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yep, right. That's like it for that. me. At this point, at this point, if you have Fernandino there, who can organize the line, do a little talking, and if you have Ederson behind you, whoever, whatever, uh, all you need is someone who's mobile, who won't go down, and who can stay in front of the defender. Yeah. You know, that's all you need, and that's what Garcia offers at this point. And thank God Laporte's coming back because uh, that's what they're going to need. And Leo, go off on your Laporte diatribe because uh, this. Uh, Oh, no, that's no problem. Uh, thankfully, Laporte is coming back. He'll be able to provide us that defensive cover that we have been lacking throughout the season with Champions League coming up. I've basically given up on the Premier League. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel some type of if way. You do that. You might Liverpool have won Don't do the, that. the Premier Don't do League that. At, at this point. We're halfway through the season. Don't give Listen, up yet that, because if you do that, I, I, you might miss top four, and that's that's not good either. Four. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that, dude. I said we're not going to win the Premier League. I didn't say we weren't going to make top four. Right now, what he's worried about is Champions League. That is our crown jewel. We have won everything under the sun except for the Champions League. Pep Guardiola, that's all he's worrying about at this point in time. He even said it himself. There was an article where he's like, yeah, no, Liverpool are gone. Those could have been psychological games. I'm not sure. But I think in his heart of hearts, as you say, uh, he is definitely considered the Premier League to be a done deal for Liverpool. Congratulations. I'm going to clap now. Your first uh, league title in 30 years or so. I, I mean, I'm pretty happy for you guys, honestly. Yeah, well, but moving uh, back to, to, to the defense. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But moving back to uh, defense, yes. Uh, what's really sad, though, is I think Eric Garcia is not really going to get a run out after this. But it's nice to know that we have somebody in the future that we can definitely rely on. Because Fernandinho, I believe, is going to get a one-year deal. So I don't see Eric Garcia coming into the picture again for another two years. And it'd be nice to see Eric Garcia and uh, Laporte lining up in the back. But knowing Pep Guardiola, if he stays at the club, he might go into the summer window looking for a center back um, in order to, you know, fight on all fronts, as he would say. So, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see what, what goes on um, with our back and especially the January transfer window coming up. I mean, I'm, I'm, we might see a surprise. We might see a surprise such as maybe uh, Nathaniel Ake coming yeah, to right. the club. That could be a possibility. If, Why not? Why, why couldn't it be? Lampard's paying back. That could paying, definitely paying be a possibility. to get him back. <laughs> Which I could see. Honestly, that'd be a great uh, I could see that happening as well. But really, do they need yep. it now? Because I believe they did find another young center back that they've no, been using. Okay. They don't have. They're not using Zuma anymore because Zuma can't. He simply can't play center back. I mean, that's a done deal. Why not? Um, but because he hasn't been playing well at all. I don't think Zuma's playing anymore. No, who's in the back with him? Played a couple couple games ago. Um, I, I, I think I think Zuma and Ake could be. I mean, if not the starting pair, but a backup starting pair for Chelsea for the future. They're both decently young. I mean, Ake is definitely getting bought back by Lampard. It's 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 just a 
better piece of business because you can sell him once you buy him back if you really need to yeah, they, for twice the amount. You know, and if and if it and if anyone wants him, they're gonna need to, you know, pay up like more than forty mil. So it does it doesn't really make sense I really for Chelsea like, not I really to like buy the him idea back. for Chelsea um, to pair him with uh Rudiger. I think I think a back two of, of Rudiger and um, Ake would be really solid. It's it would be way more solid than it is now. I mean that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Agreed. W- Pat, what what were you going to talk about about uh, Mr. Voltamartino? Oh, it's been interesting, don't you think? Uh, it's been a ride, hasn't it? I mean, what's so your opinion on this? I wish we had Nate here to talk about it, but yeah, we should get Nate's opinion. What's your uh, what, what's your opinion here? Well, well, I mean, they got the new manager bounce for a while, and it mm. I feel like it happened sooner than I think anybody maybe would have thought, but. I don't know. I tend to kind of think that lean towards the idea that people don't really change too much, especially people that have succeeded doing things a certain way. And I feel like he's back to his old tricks. I feel like he's back to, to not having answers looking at the way Tottenham have been playing. You know, their recent form has really not been great at all. And so, um, yeah, no, did you want to jump in? No, I was going to say when the addition of, uh, I mean, their best striker is injured in Harry yeah. Kane, and he's apparently supposed to be out for eight yeah, weeks. I'm, so I'm nervous for him. Ridiculous. I'm nervous for him. Mourinho. Because- <laughs> let's, let's play a little role play. Let's play a little role play. What would you do, Pat, if you're Jose Mourinho right now, knowing Harry Kane is out for, I mean, we're talking about four weeks at the best, and then... You know, double that if you're speaking anything above that. So, like, what what are you thinking? Yeah, it's, I don't know because he needs somebody up top. Like, if you think about his success at Chelsea in the Premier League, who did he have up top? Didier Drogba, phenomenal striker. Yeah, and he but, was capable of moments of indiv- individual brilliance, which is something that Harry Kane's okay. So, uh, look, look, the type of player that would work, and I don't know that they. I'm getting to the point that I don't know that they have another player that you can put up. Up at the top of a formation that is capable of of playing like that. All right, so except choose except one, choose my one. Korean brother. Yes, yeah, okay. son is the best. Son is the best option. I agree with you one hundred percent. I disagree with both of you. Yeah, that's for, who you got. What Lucas? What are you gonna say, Lucas? No, who? I think Ali. Who, dude? I think Deli Ali is the best person. To put oh, up shut front. up, dude! No, get out of here! I think. No. Oh, man. Do you know why? Do you know why? I Please. think of someone who can, because because uh, at the end of the day, Jose Mourinho is a one-trick pony at at times. At times, he wants to go direct over the top, right? And he's going to go over the top. He needs someone who can bring down the ball, r- rustle and tussle with those defenders, and and you know, provide a nice little finish in the corner when he really needs it. You know, in the 80th something minute, whatever it is. And I just think Deli Ali fits that mold with Son and Lucas Moore running in behind. Deli Ali just fits that mold right now. Um, he plays behind the strikers sometimes and usually. So why not just move him up a little bit, tell him, like, yo, listen, you're my man, and, and go forward. Patty. But why not use the speed? Okay. Well, the speed, off, speed? The wings, the speed the, off the wings is interesting, you know, because you're right. Uh, you're not wrong about uh, Deli Ali and how he's probably – Capable, you know. I think he might be the most capable on this roster of of playing that role of, of you know, wrestling with the center backs and bringing the ball down, um, mm-hmm. with a little hold up play, 
you know, as well. But it's interesting too because if you could play, if if he does want to play over the top, it is capable. Like Sun is capable of playing that role, but it's got to be playing the ball to space rather than mm. rather than to him. You know, with two central defenders on his back. You know, diagonal runs for him in an advanced position could be really dangerous because he's clearly got the pace. I mean, we all saw that goal that he scored, right? I mean, he's unbelievable as far as his pace and his control of the ball. And I think somebody that you could actually bring in behind him is Eric Lamella. When mm. he ca- I feel like I've seen him come in off the bench when uh, Pochettino was there. And he's, he scored a f- he's capable of scoring goals, you know? He's capable. He wants to get on the ball, I feel like, when I've watched him play in the past coming off the bench. So that's somebody that I honestly would consider. But probably something more. Had to trust it. There you go. I have a question for you. I've heard I've heard a nice little transfer rumor concerning Jimenez. Jimenez to Man U. How do you feel about that? Jimenez to Manchester United. Yeah, I think I don't think that has any legs because he's playing he's playing at a team that really needs him and that's playing decent this season and actually has a chance at European football next season. So I, I don't know if like, I don't know if the, I don't know if it's just makes sense for the club at this point. I mean, maybe in the summer, definitely uh, maybe they can do the deal for the summer, but I just don't think it works. Yeah. I mean, him, him, okay. it, I think that United could use him honestly, because I think he's having a great season. He's got eight goals, six assists, I think. So he's involved in like most of the creative play for Wolves who are, Playing well, yeah. They have a Mexican striker history in Chicharito, so he could settle in very quickly. I think with the fans, and I think it'd be nice. But I just don't think it's as feasible at, at this point in the season. I mean, while we're on the topic of transfer rumors, let's talk about. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of this and that, and and I have the same sentiment toward a lot of the transfer rumors. I've heard this season as far as club to club transfers go within the Premier League because a lot of the clubs we're hearing that want to take some of these players, these players, a lot of these players are too important at this point in the season, except for, I think, Jack Grealish, who, yes, is important. He's the captain, blah, 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 etc. Except opportunities like this don't come often for Jack Grealish. I mean, they might have come often in the past, but. If he were to get a really good bid, or if Aston Villa were to get a really good bid for Jack Grealish early on in January, what do you think should happen? I mean, if I feel like if you want to look at it from a perspective of a club that's clearly struggling to to stay up, you know, Jack Grealish is a good player, but he's not enough for them as an entire club. I think, mm. you know, so if you can get a nice chunk of change for him, I think they'd be smart. To, to do it, to be quite honest, because then they could use that money, whether they need it to develop more players or buy, you know, another player. That's something that can benefit the team from a better perspective, you know, because they have. What team do you think could benefit from Jack Grealish's arrival? What, like top six or any squad? Uh, they're saying Man United. What do you think about that? I just can't get off this topic. Like they they need help, man. I think United need help. And he's better than a lot of the like he's better than Jesse Lingard. <laughs> At this point, oh, you think so? I, I would I would put the way their current form is. I'm putting Jack Grealish on my team before Jesse Lingard uh, for sure, no doubt. Well, at least it it light a fire under Jesse Lingard's ass at the very least. I don't know. He just looked like the the last game against uh, 
I guess when they played Arsenal, right? He was playing. Am I thinking of the right game? I think I am. And he was playing uh, the the number ten role. And he just every time he would get on the ball, he would either lose it, it'd be a bad first touch, or he'd hold the ball too long. There was never like a decision that may, ever made any sense, you know. And like he never freed up Rashford. There was no no through balls to Martial really, you know. And their attack mm. attacking uh, flair really just wasn't there because I I don't think. Lingard is super capable of distributing the ball in a way that's actually going to be beneficial to Manchester United. So they need somebody that's like a little bit more creative. And, and I'm just saying that because Lingard hasn't shown that he's that creative yet. Well, I would like to I would I like agree, to I add agree. that um, Jesse Lingard has been having some personal problems, and he actually did speak to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to explain to him that he's been having some personal problems at home, and it's been affecting him, thus affecting his gameplay as well. So I do want to add. I that wasn't in aware. There. Of that. Yes, so I do. I definitely want to sure. add that in there. That Jesse's, I respect for that too. Yeah, been having some issues at home um, with his family and whatnot. Uh, I, 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 I can't that. go into details. Uh, because I, I actually am not sure of the details, but there was a report saying that he did talk to Ali about that, saying that, you know what, uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, my head really hasn't been into it because I am having uh, issues at home. So that. Is, yeah. And I, and, I, and I think that's, um, I think that's, that, that's respectable, man. And I think that's something that's overlooked with a lot of these players. And yeah, I think that's a good transition into a player that I think has, you know, maybe his own personal problems and someone I've always, you know, put on the cross, you know, no offense, but it's just Mesut Ozil, I think has just been one of those players who's been so frustrating because you know his potential, but you know, there's something going on in that head of his that's not right. And that's a good transition into the point that maybe Mikel Arteta is the finally the therapist or the coach or whatever you want to call it. To uh, to to get it out of him, and I know we've said this before, but what do you guys think quickly about the, the possible resurgence of Mesut Özil and Arsenal, and the possible brilliance that could be Mikel Arteta, who is basically like the Anakin Skywalker out right now of like <laughs> uh, of a fucking uh, Guardiola. Guardiola. He is, he is the uh, the bad you know? one, the bad one of of Pep Guardiola. That is for sure. Yeah. There you go. That's uh, true. Yeah. So what do you think, Pat? I, I, I think that the most important thing, if he's going to get the best out of uh, Mesodosil, and even the entire squad, really, the entire squad is completely underperforming and has been, is, and I, I, I think we heard uh, David Luiz and Socrates talk about it after the game, uh, where they beat Manchester United. And uh, they said that, they were all tired. They're not sure if they were physically ready to play this type of football that he's requiring, which is clearly one that's proactive. And it's clearly one that is, is something that's inspiring the players to recognize this and be honest with themselves about it. And he, and he was honest with Ozil, right? And he said to him, if you work hard, if you train well and you show out, you'll be on the pitch, dude. Like, no problem. <laughs> You know, and I think that there's been a, a, a shift in mentality to like perhaps something that's more of a positive reinforcement as a motivational tactic compared to I don't know what Emery was doing. I don't think anybody knows what Emery was doing, but there was clearly not uh, a good relationship there. You know, and when relationships go bad, it's easy to not be motivated to do something for a person that is asking you to do something. So yeah. regardless of, to, as to what it is, so. I think a shift in the in the approach and relationship by saying, "Hey, man, like you're talented. Show me you're talented, and we'll have a good relationship," as opposed to being like, 
you're not playing well or whatever, you know, was happening. So I think uh, it's possible. And if they play like they did, and the, th- the caveat is that was at home, right? That was at the Emirates. So they need to play that way for a few more games and especially away from home before I say that he's definitely the answer. But I think it seems like the they went and made a really good decision, if if I'm saying right now. So we'll see how it plays out. I also think he's playing his, his position. You know, we always had this argument that Mesut Ozil defensively was incapable. I mean, it's a simple fact. The man is very lazy when it comes to defense. Okay, and I think Arteta knows that. So I think he's surrounded him with players that can play the defensive game for him and allow him to be as creative as he wants to be up front, which is allowing the forwards to do their jobs and to put goals in the back of the net. So I think Arteta is changing it up in the right way. Um, to it, to bring back the best out of Mizut Ozil. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. You know, if, I, if I'm his coach, I'm just saying, you know what, play somewhere in the front line. Don't even worry about defensively. Get back if you can. But when you get the ball, I want you to make something happen. And that's that's all I want from you. And just as, as Pat said, work hard in training. Do what you have to do. Get your mind right. I'll be there for you, et cetera, et cetera, all that, you know cushy stuff but that's what he needs man he's as as i said he's a glamour player you know definitely a glamour player but maybe mikhail is the guy to turn him into something a little more you know and and i'm really curious to see what he can do with the squad and specifically one of the world's most Mm -hmm. expensive players in Mesut Ozil. so we'll see about that and um i think that's a good spot to end it guys um it's it's been a whirlwind of a of a just a holiday season in the Premier League and in our lives, you know, equally, equally and separately, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's a, it's going to be a great year going forward for football, especially for Liverpool. I mean, how do you top that 2019? But we'll see. It's going to be a great Champions League, uh, and that might be the theme of our next episode, depending on when we record. But it's, awesome. it's going to be awesome. And I am yeah. glad to have you guys. It was a great, uh, great big year, big things as usual. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm walking out with my chest out. Damn, Skippy, if you really want to flow with me, then get busy. Getting a busy like the waste of time, as the May baby. Guess we in the studio looking kind of hazy. As if you notice me from across the room, baby, they just know this, please. I can't got no bitch until this blue.